right. Welcome to episode one, prologue, pissing in the wind with John and CJ. I'm CJ. I'm John. And we're just here to kind of fuck around for a bit, you know, to get out, get out some bullshit during this tough time in the world. The bullshit times. Exactly. So, first off, John, what are what are what the fuck are we doing here? I don't know, man. Just talking about real world problems, you know. Um, talking about what we can do for our own safeties, and also talk about nerdy shit. Sounds good. So, I mean, I guess we should start with who we are. Uh, shit, we've known each other for, what, 12 years now? Something like that, around. You were 15, I was, what, 17? Yeah. Dang, it's a long time, dude. Yeah, so, we're pretty much best friends. Uh, pretty much don't do anything fun without this guy by my side. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we just want to... We just want to hang out and make some people smile, I think. Because I think we're pretty funny. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we can just say be saying shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll start with a little bit about myself. Um, I'm from San Francisco originally. Uh, I like to fuck around. I'm a bit of a stoner. A bit of a conspiracy guy. Uh, you know, don't really... Don't really trust the government, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I just, I just wanna, I just wanna live without, uh, without worrying about people watching over me. And that's constant. That's like every day, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <sighs> I think. Uh, no. Tell me, John, what's what's one of your favorite uh, local urban legends? Local urban legends? I don't know about any local. Let's see. Oh, no. let's let's broaden it. Favorite like American legend. Okay. Let's see. There's the Winchester House. That's always been like kind of interesting to me because I'm a high believer in ghosts. Yeah, and that's that's also a Bay Area landmark yeah, exactly. for us. There so. you go. See, there you go. I've I've actually never been to the Winchester house. Me I've either. always wanted to. Like I always wanted to like get to go there and be like spooked, but I'm scared of being spooked. I feel that. I'm I'm fucking terrified of ghosts. You know, you can't punch a ghost, you know? <laughs> well, that supernatural would say you could punch a ghost if you had like an iron bar or something. Well, yeah, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. Like I'm gonna probably just have my knife on me and then what what? What am I gonna do? Stab a ghost? You're dead. Oh, wait. Double dead. <laughs> oh. yeah. I think uh I think I'm gonna have to go my favorite urban legend's gotta be Mothman. Mothman. Mothman, man. The one that killed everybody? See, that's that's the thing is 
it's a it's a big point of contention whether Mothman's a good or a bad omen, because there are people that believe that he was warning those people before the bridge collapse. You know, mm. there there are some people that think he was trying to keep people away from the bridge because he knew that it was going to collapse. Exactly, but that's. That's Mothman prophecies. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> that is that is pretty much the plot of the movie. <laughs> I mean, every every plot has a good movie, right? And that was a pretty good movie. That's true. That's true. I mean, you can only base off what you've seen, you know. That's true, and I I haven't seen a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. You know? What have I seen? I've seen a. A cougar over there at Alvarado Park. Yeah, there's well, it is. And I thought it was a ghost. <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> How do you confuse a cougar for a ghost? <laughs> I just saw its eyes and I heard rustling in the bushes. Oh, fair. And then it popped out, and I'm like, oh shit! So I just ran. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Back to introductions. Uh, with me, you know, I'm just a gamer kid. I was given a Nintendo at five years old. That was a mistake on my parents' part. Because now that's all I want to do. You know, I want to, like, that's always what I've been wanting to do. I ditched school just to play fucking video games, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like that, love metal. Metal's my saving grace, basically. Uh, I love to cook. Not at home. In a commercial kitchen. <laughs> Was once a chef. And now I'm just your basic line cook making burritos at this Mexican restaurant because of this stupid pandemic taking away my job. I mean, yeah. We all got pre hit pretty hard. I mean, we were actually working together when all this shit went down. We were both on our way to being pretty high up in that kitchen yeah. and then shit now i'm a fucking security guard and i ended up being sous chef and now i'm just burrito maker my burritos <laughs> fucking good it's like I the mean, perfect food yeah you're tired of eating them every day <laughs> that's true good thing is i'm not gaining weight so there you go that's sweating nice. off all them calories because this is nice shit Oh, you're dropping shit. Why are you dropping shit? Don't be dropping shit. Oh, God. Well, so, you said you're a gamer boy. Gamer boy. What's, uh, what, what would you say your favorite game currently and your favorite game of all time? Of all time. I yeah. would say all time, Legend of Zelda, that whole series. I cried when I played Breath of the Wild, so... Uh, that that just says a lot, <laughs> you know. That game is beautiful. It's fun. Um, the Legend of Zelda in general, just like the whole timeline thing, is just like wow, like holy shit. There's so many of each of these motherfuckers, and Ganon just keeps coming back, you know. So, and that motherfucker will never die. How does Ganon keep coming back, John? Because he's a curse. He's a curse. Goddamn it. He's not a real person, or he was. But then it became a curse, in my opinion. This is my opinion. I'm not saying I don't work for Nintendo. 
Okay, I don't know. I don't speak for the brand or the company. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, but yeah, I would say he's a curse that just keeps coming back and they have to keep holding him back with their stupid fucking Triforce. But yeah, that's all time favorite. Currently, Apex. Apex Legends. Uh, I don't know why. I get mad at that game so many times. You want to drop your gamer tag? Oh, uh, Doba, can you stop? You know, uh, just so you guys know. Don't play with me because I'm not gonna talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I try to I try to be good at that game. Uh, I've gotten a lot better in the past few months, uh, and I don't know. Like that game pisses me off so much because I have so many stupid teammates. But it's fun in the end, uh, doing the challenges, and yeah. What about you? Well, same question. I'd, I'd say my current favorite is the most recent Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, you know, Spider-Man's always been my one of my favorite superheroes ever since I was a wee wee boy. Same. And it, it's really fun to just swing around New York and beat the shit out of some criminals. It, it's really nice. It, it plays beautifully. It's an amazing, beautiful, beautiful game. Uh, I will say it was short as shit. And I think it could have very well just been a DLC add-on to the last Spider-Man game that came out. Makes sense. But, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> but given everything, uh, it's an amazing game. It was totally worth whatever I paid for it. Um, and then, shit, my favorite game of all time, uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, because I, I, I feel where you came, where you're coming from with Legend of Zelda, and I want to say Majora's Mask was my favorite of all time, because that was definitely a, a pivotal game for me. That was the game that really got me stuck did you know they rushed that game i did yeah, yeah they, they the fuck out of that game there were a ton of assets they just reused and the <laughs> there's a whole lot of bugs all over the game yeah. if you really look for them but yeah that was definitely like the first game that got me hooked got me every day i i'd hop on before school fucking wake up an hour early just so I could run around, try and find a mask or a fairy. Yeah. And it, it was the first video game that got me in trouble. Because <laughs> it was the first game I ever stayed up way past my bedtime, yeah. one in the morning, and <laughs> my mom would come busting in the room and I would have to scramble to try and save before she hit the power oh, button. Fuck, dude. And that one you can't really save either. No, yeah, you gotta like wait and go to one of the little time stones. Fucking owls. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I'm gonna have to give it to Majora's Mask for my all time favorite. Nice. Okay. Okay. And. Let's talk about this pandemic here. How exactly has it affected you? Is it scaring you? 
And are you willing to get the vaccine? Well, we we already talked about a little bit how, you know, getting thrown from our jobs, uh, getting tossed around, trying to make ends meet. But, I mean, for the first three months, you know, I was sitting at home like everybody else, trying to do my part. And... I don't know. At first, I kind of thought it was way overblown. But as things kept progressing and realizing that the American population wouldn't just put the fucking mask on and, you know, get it a little more under control. And obviously, our our uh, politician in power um, didn't do anything I mean, to bunk ass trump we're not trump supporters by the way we'll try not to say its name um yeah you know the blight bringer it, it just dropped the ball at the beginning of this and now no, he, we're did, all he did suffering. nothing he did nothing about it yeah exactly and we're all suffering now because of it but i'm not too afraid because I do know that most of most of the people that you know we kind of need in the world right now you know the not bigots and brainwashed by media types are following the guidelines and for the most part uh, doing their part yeah most part doing everyone's doing their part to try and keep us fucking on the track to getting at least some semblance of normal back together. I don't think we'll ever end up normal again, but you know, there there's hope that we could at least maybe get our jobs back at at least, you know, I miss being in the kitchen, you know, yeah, like an actual kitchen instead of just assembling shit. You know, yeah, and actually prepping and cooking and like having people like you know dine in. Like I miss watching people eat their food. As yeah, weird, as weird as that sounds, you know. But <laughs> yeah, there there's definitely something to be said about being able to see your customers smile when they eat your food, or taking pictures of your of your food that you just made them. Yeah, yeah, there's. There's a huge amount of pleasure in being able to have real diners in your restaurant and not just, you know, it, it's a bummer when you spent two years of your life figuring out how to make food beautiful and now it's all in boxes. Yeah, now it's all boxed up and it doesn't matter what shit looks like and there, there's no, there's no soul in food right now. Nope. It's just putting it on a plate and just serving it, not not even like putting the effort into, like, oh, this looks amazing, you know. Like I miss that feeling. Yeah. Like even when I was working at a assemble under Sharon Lee, uh, we were like, you know, we were doing some good shit, you know, like when we first started, and and then fucking come March, we had to close down and. We opened up what in May? Yeah, April, some shit. And uh, 
you know, we were just putting shit in boxes and I was just like, this does not look the same. Like, I hate how this looks, you know, I constantly feel like, damn, dude, like all this effort to make this look nice and it's still just going to go to shit anyways. Yeah, that's, that's a big fear. <laughs> well, especially just even before taking to go orders when you're making pretty food is really, uh, it's disheartening. Yep. You know, because once it once that food leaves the restaurant, it's in the hands of your delivery driver. Yeah, and, and who knows what the fuck they do. Exactly. They smoking know. weed while they're delivering your food, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, your food gets flipped and everything's a mess and the restaurant gets the blame for that, not the drivers. Exactly. Oh, is that an Amber Alert? Dear God, it's an Amber Alert. Oh, no. That's gonna be loud. Well, we'll edit that out. But yeah, it's it's tough trying to uh, get your creativity out as a chef right now. Exactly. You know, like I've gotten this like I would say depression the past couple months because i've been in a position that like like after losing assemble like i needed to create something you know and i couldn't you know like even at home like at home it's different like it's not the same as cooking in a commercial kitchen for me at least i mean for anybody else i'm pretty sure they, they can do whatever they want and make all these pretty fucking dishes but like at, at home for me it's not the same I don't have the same burners. I don't have the same uh, saute pans. I don't have plates. I don't have like all the ingredients that I need, you know? Yeah. It, it's tough to want to be a professional chef in a home kitchen. Exactly. You know, and like I, I've gotten to this depression that I just can't, you know, fathom, I guess. I guess it's the right word. Um, and like I've just been writing down in my journal just to, just to put my ideas in something, you know what I mean? And, right. And like, I don't know. Like, I, I just miss the whole cooking thing and being able to prep something, you know, like right now, I, I, the only prep that I do is cooking meats and that's it. And that's for hot holding and which is stupid to me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a loss of, a loss of your ability to create at all. Exactly. You know, uh, and I feel like I'm just going to end up losing it if I don't even try. Yeah. Right. And I suppose that's partially where this podcast comes in. Absolutely. To try and get some creativity out and to, to, uh, just, uh, get a little time to smile. Exactly. Get a little time to get some laughs going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose for me, it's, I I feel the same way. I In the beginning, I hit a big depression because I wasn't working and wasn't doing anything with my time, even though the, the whole goal was to keep everyone inside and not do too much. But, you know, you, you can only be inside for so long before you do start going crazy. Absolutely. You get the, what is it, cabin fever. Exactly. Yeah. 
exactly you started like losing your shit you know yeah and uh yeah i've i've i had the the same thing when i was stuck at home you know with my fucking four-year-old son driving me fucking nuts you know love him to death but you know it, it's just like fuck dude i need to go out there i need to work i need to you know do something not just stay home and now we can't even like go out yeah and if we do we're at risk kind of thing and i don't want to risk anything exactly exactly yeah i i feel like everybody lost a lot of themselves with this pandemic absolutely uh i i I don't know. I know. Well, personally, my girlfriend never lost her job. So that was kind of a blessing for us that we weren't struggling the entire time because she was a quote unquote essential worker. Um, but it, it hit her a lot too, that, you know, all you're able to do is go to work and go home. Yeah, you can't go out, can't enjoy your life, you can't. Yeah, even even a simple walk to the park isn't isn't a thing you can do anymore. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it really it's crushing for everybody. I think. Yeah, in so many different ways, everybody's taking it a little different. But overall, you know, it's it's definitely affecting everybody's mental ability to like handle the entire situation exactly and i i think it's affecting a lot of everybody's conflict resolution skills because mm. i i feel like we're seeing a lot more of the uh karen's and ken videos oh, God. and we're seeing a lot more you know this this whole pandemic got the uh the criminal element everywhere up, you know, there's more yeah, street races. There's more. Cause it's a lot emptier. Yeah. There's, there's more crazy shit going on because partially because the streets are empty and partially because everyone's got this cabin fever built up. Exactly. And in the minimal time we did open back up these last couple months, it hasn't made anything any better. I feel like it's just increased conflict in a lot of ways. Okay. But who knows? You know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's just my personal experience. I mean, my personal opinion about the whole thing is killing off all the idiots. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, like, I'm sorry to say that in such a harsh way. I mean, a lot of people have lost a lot of good people. You know, uh, and I'm sorry for everyone's losses that, you know, lost a loved one due to this COVID madness. But, like, a lot of the people that died were probably idiots from the get-go because they wouldn't get wear a mask. They wouldn't, you know, listen, abide to the laws that were put, in, that were put on us so we can, like, prevent this. But look at... What is it? China? They're back to normal. For the most part, yeah. For the most part. Japan? Well, Japan actually did just go into another lockdown oh, as well. Yeah, but Japan has handled it the best out of 
Japan and Korea have handled this better than any other countries, but I also believe that's because those are subservient countries. Those are countries that not necessarily can completely trust their governments, but they they have governments that are telling you what is what. Right. You know, they're they're not hiding. Like you have to listen or this will happen kind of thing. Exactly. They're they're their uh, judicial system is a lot more advanced than ours is. I mean, first off, our leader that was the leader was an idiot. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And also, he's a stubborn-ass motherfucker that just didn't listen to the rest of the world. Like, there was so much going on. Like, you know, as a person, you would think, oh, shit, you know, I, I should take some action so we can prevent this, you know, but he didn't. He didn't do shit. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he did nothing to try and steer us away from anything but total devastation for our country. Absolutely. He made it a lot worse than it should have been. Yeah. I mean, I mean those first few months that we heard about it, it should have just been like, okay, Lockdown, nobody go out and like listen. But no, he was just like, it's not real. Yeah. On top of our own local government's failings to also shut down and, you know, send out actual help for people, you know? Right. Possibly, not possibly, absolutely freezing things like rent and fucking dpw bills right the the basic things we needed to survive weren't given to us so as a country we had to just keep going you know keep pretending like this shit wasn't happening and and that's 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 the worst part about it you know because like our government doesn't give a fuck about us they really don't because like if they did they would have been like totally for that and it would have made it a lot easier to control this whole thing but instead no like people had to work essential workers had to work you know like i i get it but like they just care about money yeah exactly it was all just in the name of keeping capitalism going you know we took all these huge hits to our our uh, stock market and there was tons of bailouts for them but nothing to help the common man exactly you know amazon millionaires yeah you know amazon through this whole thing is i know i i can't say i haven't spent a few hundred dollars on amazon since this whole fucking thing started absolutely you know it's and another point on top of all that is this pandemic has created a huge buying black hole of all these you know people who have been trying to make you know a home office all that kind of stuff you know uh shit i i guess my hands are red on this too you know buying a fucking microphone and shit to get my creativity out but 
it's created a lot of one-time buying, you know, maybe I should pick up a hobby and right. try it out and drop it in a month. Right. And it's, it's, it's really weird to see where our country is headed with this whole thing. It's just, uh, it's sad. Cause like we were so thriving, like before this whole thing hit the end of 2019 was just like, it was just, you know, it was, it was good, man. Like you can go out, you can go to a bar, you can, you know, you can have a drink with random people. You know, I mean, I didn't do that. I hate random people. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but you know, it, it was a lot, a lot easier and a lot simpler before this whole pandemic even happened. And it sucks that we can't even do that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And on that bright note, I think that's the end of our first episode. Oh, is it time already? All right. Yeah, yeah, it's time for us to sign off. So for Pissing in the Wind, this is CJ. And this is John. And uh, I love you. I don't.